The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On to the news from around the league. On we go. So I was so happy for Kevin Love and his ride-or-die partner, Ricky Rubio, coming back to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I was so excited for that duo to continue their reign in Cleveland. And then all of a sudden, Kevin Love gets injured, and now in a very surprising move, Cavaliers and Kevin Love are negotiating a buyout. What? I mean, it is not shocking that he would get a buyout. It is just shocking that the buyout comes now. He has been on this Cavs team since I was not even in the business. I was not I was selling mutual funds when Kevin Love got traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. He has seen his playing time drop from 20 minutes a game to half that and now 12 straight DMPs. I don't know if it's injury. I don't know if it's like, hey, we're just going to let you ice your knees for a while. I don't think it's acrimonious or bad blood at all. I think it's more just the realization that Kevin Love would like to play somewhere else. And what he's going to do, which is play on the perimeter, does not necessarily fit what the Cavs are always trying to do, especially since they have Donovan Mitchell now, Darius Garland. They got some young guys they want to give some minutes to, and Kevin Love doesn't necessarily fit into that mode. But I don't think it actually means that Kevin Love can't be useful. In the first 12 games of the season, Kevin Love averaged 12, 8, and 2 in 21 minutes. Teams are going to be excited to get him. In a way, it's, it's kind of sad. This is the end of an era, right? It's the end of the LeBron James era. He was the only vestige of the Strifer greatness in Cleveland era. And by all accounts, everyone has every, always said Kevin Love is a great teammate, except for that one little, like, four-week span where he was, like, throwing basketballs at his teammates – and, like, not playing when they were playing. Do you remember that? That There was a time where Kevin Love was quiet quitting. Uh, outside of that time, he's been tremendous. According to Shams, the Miami Heat are lurking for him. And they probably aren't really someone that could actually get him. This is kind of like when you break up and you've got a longtime best friend 
and they've got a crush on you and you have no feelings back for them and they think just because you're single now they have a shot, the Miami Heat do not have a shot with Kevin Love at all. Like, no shot. They are, Miami Heat, you are in the friend zone. I am sorry. Uh, Shams reported, have been told the Heat are prioritizing something big over Russell Westbrook or Patrick Beverly. So Kevin Love or Serge Ibaka appear to be priorities. Okay, well, you prioritize and he'll prioritize, and we'll see where that leaves you. Uh, makes sense, though, from a basketball perspective. He was shooting 41% from three in the first fifth of the season. He can pull down rebounds. We know that's what he does really well. He's a rebound monster. Both things that the Heat need desperately. They're bad at both of those outside of, say, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Regardless, I like that this is a bio where it's nice. There's this nice, peaceful, uh, un you know, you see things get a little ugly down the stretch with buyouts, same thing that's going to probably happen with, say, like a Russell Westbrook or John Wall in Houston. That got ugly. The return, I thought, of Ricky Rubio gave me some hope. Uh, but now it is time to take his game to another contender. And that, the latest rumors, are that the Warriors are interested in love. <sighs> that makes sense. They've never found a replacement for Bielicha or Otto Porter. But the wild thing is that if he does sign with the Heat, that might mean a Cavs-Heat first-round matchup. And if that does happen, I think Kevin Love does go off for one game against the Cavs. Especially if you're a Cavs fan, I think you have to be fearful of that because the universe is always undefeated. Moving on. I guess it was bound to happen. But uh, our, our favorite Bible thumper, our favorite... Holy water whisperer, our favorite summer salter, uh, Joe Missoula, was officially named the Celtics head coach permanently on Thursday morning. Even if it's deserved, which, like, I'm not here to say yay or nay on that, but, like, it's weird. It's weird. I'm confused. Because the reason I had heard that they didn't announce him already, the permanent head coach, is because they would have to fire Ime Udoka, you already have a current head coach. You can't have two current head coaches. You have one current head coach who is suspended. So the other one's an interim until you figure out what to do with the one that's suspended but it's really done, right? So what are you doing now? There's intricacies here that I am not able to comprehend. I thought Ime at this point was still suspended, unless I missed something. Are they firing him for cost? Is that the next domino to fall? I couldn't find any information that he's on the website, Ime Udoka, still on the website right now, like this very second. Numerous sources reported that the Celtics did a bunch of due diligence before suspending Udoka to protect themselves from a wrongful termination lawsuit. So what happens next? That's why they didn't fire him. They did not want to get sued. I imagine that there is going to be an announcement happening about Udoka's status soon. And the rumors are that most likely uh, Udoka might go back to San Antonio. Congratulations to Joe Missoula. God was on your side. He always was willing uh, to move mountains uh, in order for you to be in this spot. Your time is here. Now it is time for you to serve out your Lord and Savior's purpose, which is to get these Celtics, which I think is like an Irish Catholic thing, a championship ring. Joe, I'm sure, is doing somersaults uh, in the locker room right now, and he will be for many, many years. 
Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We don't talk enough about the OKC Thunder, do we? We don't really say much. They are the most fun team that gets under-discussed, mostly because I think we're still waiting for them to tank. We're still waiting for them to do nothing. Uh, And also, in particular, nobody speaks about their head coach because I don't think they know what his name is. I don't think they know how to pronounce it. I don't think they know what he looks like, honestly. Uh, If you were to say to 50 decently casual to serious NBA fans who the head coach of the OKC Thunder was, I bet you four would say they knew who it was, and and about two would get it right. I think there's no more under-the-radar coach than Mark Dagno. Dagno. It's hard to say, too. You just kind of say, yeah, 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 that Mark guy. All he does, though, is have OKC prepared to cover every single game, if not win outright. They've been the toughest team to kill the past two years. How do we know it? They have been destroying Vegas. This team has been killing against the spread at a higher rate than any other team in the NBA these past two seasons, including the Memphis Grizzlies, which were the runaway against the spread leader last year. Vegas doesn't know who Mark Dagno is either. (laughs) Vegas does not care. Vegas is underestimating the Thunder. And so much, I think, has to do with that with Sam Presti, who we've given love to on the pod before, and Mark Dagno, who we need to give love to more. So that's what this is about. That's what we're going to do. This year has been spectacular, uh, considering that it started with the Thunder losing out on Chet Holmgren for the year. He hurt himself with his Frank injury. I think he stepped on a wet floor, and all of a sudden, boom, boom. Before camp even started, he was done for the year, shut down. They're currently 28-29, and 29, 10th place, which – you're a Blazer fan, you realize that's two spots better than you, a team that actually wants to win. SGA taking the next step. Josh Giddy is a monster. He's elevated his game. He's an elite point guard as well. The rookies have been really great. Jalen Williams, we love both of them. The team has 12 players under the age of 24. So they're very good. They're very fun. They're very exciting. The oldest player is 28, Kenrick Williams. Dario Sarge, who's probably going to get bought out. Their 500 team with three rookies and six second-year professionals. That's ridiculous. A team that's 500 just rocking with the young guns. And with the baby lineup, Dagno has been a masterful coach, right? He has minutes to everyone so they can continue to develop. The rookies who have benefited from his caretaking, Jalen, J-Dub, and J-Will, and Usman Jang, who rarely gets talked about, have been really good. If you look at Jalen Williams with an E, he's currently averaging 12, 4, and 3 in around 28 minutes this year as a rookie. He's been getting better as the season has progressed as well. The the OKC Thunder did an incredible job of getting him out of value. His length, his athleticism, GMs drool over that. And one of the major reasons that he leads the rookies in steals is that. So in a recent interview, this is where we're going. This is where the uh, whole point of this piece is. is all about Jalen Williams and what he thought when he was drafted by OKC. He said, yeah, it was cool to be called with Chet and Usman Jang. And then they picked Jalen Williams with the Y. 
it was a really cool and surreal moment. I think it was full circle, too, because I had a really good workout in Oklahoma. It was a cool vibe going into it. And when I was out there, I thought this wouldn't be a bad place to be. I really enjoyed my visit. I talked to Sam Presti. So nothing's out of the ordinary here, right? Everything seems to be just pretty normal. OKC is noted for being very professional, extremely well-respected by their peers and other teams for how they run their ship. But then, then it gets really interesting. Jalen Williams said this. It was the only place where the coach, Mark Dagnell, ran the entire workout. I'm going through the workout saying, this guy's pretty good. I had no idea he was the head coach until afterwards. He laughs. We had a cool interaction. Mark was talking to me the whole time. I had no idea who he was. I was thinking he was a trainer or somebody. The head coach ran the pre-draft workout alone and Jalen didn't tell Jalen Williams, hey, I'm also the head coach. And think about this. Jalen Williams probably watched the NBA, had no idea who Mark Dagnell was. If this was, I don't know, Mark D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni, if it was Doc Rivers, if it was any of the other 29 coaches in the NBA, he would know who they were, right? If it was Ty Lue, he's not going to be like, oh, yeah, I thought Ty Lue was a trainer. No, Mark Dagnell, he thought, was some rando assistant that was just so hands-on and so diligent that he wanted to run it and prove to the powers that be that he could run a workout this important. No, this was Mark Dagnell, the head coach of the OKC Thunder. In a nutshell, this is why he's awesome. Blue-collar coach, not afraid to get his hands dirty, uninterested in any shine, could not ask for a better fit for OKC, and the kind of guy that Sam Presti wants in charge of a team full of young guys. Players want to respect who they're playing for. Mark Dagnell is no frills, no bullshit, and is getting the respect of his players immediately. You have all those guys, and then you have Chet and a healthy Poku, maybe probably Victor or Scoot, and or the Thompson twins, and then you bring in a free agent. Oh, my God. This is a contender in, like, five years. As uh, someone who's been on the Kings before the start of the season, I think it's been gratifying to see the Kings getting a lot of national love. Uh, from ESPN to The Athletic, everyone is starting to see the Kings as the incredible, fun, and exciting team that they are, right? And I think that the real game changer for the Kings, and I think we can all agree, is uh, it's Damanis Savonis. Damanis Savonis is the, the engine that makes the Kings go. Remember when people were slamming that trade? A year ago, today, almost today? Like, yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, this is malpractice. They shouldn't have let Tyrese Halliburton go. No, no, that was the right move. And now he's an all-star again, as he should be. Uh, what I do want to focus on, though, is that Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox are now getting shine. They have multiple features written about them. They recently were on the cover of Slam magazine, breaking down the pick and roll. And Kyrie Irving just admitted in a post-game presser after a win against them that he read the article carefully looking for ways to defend it. And he said, that's pretty cool. It shows a level of respect, Sabonis said. So the meat of this new athletic article that came out was about Sabonis' relationship with Mike Brown, which is kind of funny because I remember the start of the season being like, Sabonis looks fucking awful. Turns out the relationship with Mike Brown and Demonis Sabonis started out a little rocky. He said, before we came to a better understanding, it was pick and roll, roll out the way, seal your defender, dunker. It was obviously things that I can do, but my strengths are in different areas that other bigs don't have, like playmaking in the post, in the little areas where I thrive. 
sounds like uh, Mike Brown was trying to get him to be Kevon Looney, and he was like, yo, no, I'm not Kevon Looney, okay? Like, I am much better than Kevon Looney. Uh, should not shock anyone that it took a little time for the two to get on the same page, right? I saw Sabonis, like I said, second, third game of the year, and I'm like, this is not – he does not look good out there. He looks confused. He looks slow. He does not look like he knows where he needs to be. So apparently it took a little time for Mike Brown and him to figure things out, to get Demonis where he needed to be. And remember, Mike Brown came from Golden State where Draymond Green was the center of the defense and Jordy Fernandez, who the King, who's the Kings' lead assistant, came from Denver where the entire offense revolves around Jokic. So they want a passing big man in the center. Uh, Sabonis said this about the early days. As the year went on, we definitely learned from each other, and it's like you said. I feel like I had to show him in person, and it was easier for him to trust me to do what I do. It's been great now. For most of the season, it's been great. But that beginning was a bit tough for me because I was trying to figure out the offense and how to be myself, at the same time trying to figure out what coach wants me to do. That's something I've experienced probably with every coaching staff, you know. At the beginning, it's always, okay, how do I figure out what they want? And at the same time, be myself. I know what I can do, and I have confidence in myself. Man, did it work out. They figured it out pretty fast, too. Sabonis is now an all-star. He is deserving. The Kings are in third place in the West for the last month now, showing no signs of that going away. And then you add in De'Aaron Fox, who is a bona fide all-star, finally getting some shine as well. I love the supporting cast around him. I love... Kevin Herter, I like uh, Malik Monk, Keegan Murray's a nice little rookie piece, Harrison Barnes is doing things, they got not a lot of depth, but a ton of talent. But in terms of where the Kings go, goes as far as where Sabonis takes them. And unfortunately, as we know, he's been dealing with a hand injury, a thumb injury, probably should have given him surgery for it, and he doesn't want that because he wants to take this team to the playoffs. He said, obviously it's in pain. And knowing the timeline of surgery was six to eight weeks to miss, that's like 25 games, and he didn't want to let his teammates down. So he opted to just play through the pain. I guess it's not getting any worse. So he's playing through pain, getting just these absurd stats for the rest of the season. He hasn't really slowed down at all. He's averaging 18, 12 and a half, and 7. For a guy with no thumb, that's pretty damn good. So as long as Sabonis is relatively healthy, the Kings are a dangerous, dangerous team, and whoever came out and said negative things about the Sabonis trade, delete your fucking account. 